0: This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. And you're a classic example of the people who built this country.
1: On 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Do we have Melissa DeRosa on the line? She's a former secretary to former Governor Andrew Cuomo. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
2: Thanksgiving. Uh, Did you have a real Italian Thanksgiving, Melissa?
1: Well, you know, an Italian Thanksgiving is just Thanksgiving plus lasagna. But, yes, so that (laughs) that did take place.
2: (laughs) Now, are you a dark meat person or a white meat person?
1: I am a white meat person.
2: What about you, John? I love that dark meat. I'll tell you, (laughs) I think it's more
1: moist. You might be right about that. It's just I think it's however you're raised.
2: Yeah, but the only problem is I had turkey about... uh, 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock, and, and, you know, that turkey tends to put you to sleep. So if I fall asleep at the uh, at the switch here, somebody wake me up. <laughs>
1: well, well, forgive you've been you. working uh, since uh, early this morning.
2: All
0: right. Uh, Ed Cox here. So, Melissa, let, let me ask you a question just to keep everyone awake here. The uh, So the uh, the Democrats lost a number of congressional seats here because of redistricting and a little red wave here. Good candidates on the Republican side, good close races, which is what it should be. Uh, maybe it could be the other way in uh, in two years, depending upon how things work out. But yet they're going after Eric Adams and Jay Jacobs saying that for somehow their responsibility, is this just the progressives trying to drive out the, uh, the more moderate uh, uh, members of the party?
1: You know, Ed, I think that you're being a little bit generous, even about how the those congressional races went. I don't think I think that it was a lot more about how the Democrats fumbled the crime issue, both politically and governmentally. And I think that they didn't heed the warnings in 2021 on Long Island and the fact that they did elect Eric Adams as mayor, and they should have understood the signs on that. So I think you're actually being quite generous to, to the Democrats and how they dealt yeah, with it.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, Eric Adams was elected for safe streets. Good jobs. Bring the billionaires back from Florida and uh, good education. I mean, how, no. how how much more basic can you get than that?
1: No, and, and you know what? I think that there's been a lot of finger pointing that has gone on since the congressional races, and obviously all eyes are on New York, and you've got this funny dynamic where the chairman of the DCCC, Sean Patrick Maloney, loses his own seat after redistricting, and now you've got, you know, Hakeem Jeffries looks to be poised to take over for Nancy Pelosi, all while New York appears to be the reason we lose the House. So I think that there's a lot of finger pointing going on over whose fault that it is. And and I think it's just completely ridiculous that people point at Eric Adams, I think, to your point. Um, You know, he ran on cleaning up New York. We came off of Bill de Blasio, who I think was a total disaster as a mayor for eight years. We all agree on that. (laughs) And, you know, it's not Eric Adams' job to do blocking and tackling for the Democrats on their position on bail and crime. And what I always thought was funny was everyone sort of said Eric Adams is taking the Republican position by saying they need to reform bail and they need to allow judges to be able to factor in safety and dangerousness when they decide whether or not to give someone bail. Well, guess what? That was also Bill de Blasio's position. And that was Andrew Cuomo's original position. And in every state in the country where you have gone cashless bail, every single state in the country has done it, allowing judges to have the dangerousness provision where they are given the authority in their own judgment to determine whether or not someone should be granted bail. And so it's not a Republican versus a Democratic position. This is the position that, you know, Bill de Blasio took, Andrew Cuomo took, and and Democratic governors around the country have taken. And so I just think that for anyone to say, oh, it's Eric Adams' fault, because he spoke about and attempted to, you know, governmentally take on the crime issue, because he was talking about it, that gave Republicans more weight in their argument that crime is an issue. It's just sheer lunacy. And, frankly, if they don't get it together fast in the next two years, I think we're going to see a lot more go red.
2: There's there's word out in Albany that they're looking for a new uh, uh, head of the appeals court?
0: Uh, That's right. Chief Judge of the Court of Appeals, I... Uh, upon information I have, was forced out by the Democrats in the Senate, and they are now, and the County Bar Association is objecting to the way they are trying to influence the Commission on Judicial Nomination that is uh, giving to the governor a slate of seven from which to pick. So, what, what do you
2: hear, Melissa?
1: You know, I don't. I don't know that Janet D. Fiori was forced out. I, I know Janet D. Fiori. I'm sure you all do too. She's a very tough. Strong, smart, savvy woman. Yep. And I can't imagine that the you know Democrats in the Senate could, could force her to do anything. But I do think that she had sort of had it, is what I heard. And, you know, she was done with the, the politics of it. And there was sort of this after the decision on redistricting where she made the decision based on the law. And then she was hit politically with everyone saying, well, you're a Democrat. You should have just thrown the lines for the Democrats. I think that she has sort of had it. And I think that she was ready to move on and not have to deal with that sort of heat and flack. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I I saw, obviously, they put out a list a couple of days ago on potential replacements for her. And one of the people is Cana who was someone that Fiore supported and who was someone who also, you know, voted with that block of people on the lines to say that that was unconstitutional. And so you may end up with, the chief judge being someone who was part of that other group. And I think that that would obviously be a big blow to the people who were trying to politicize the process. Well, there.
0: look, what you were saying about why she left, and what I'm saying is, frankly, I think we're saying the same thing, to, just saying a little bit differently. Uh, but uh, the there is on that group of seven uh, a public defender who I don't know the background, but I suspect – was probably a throwaway to the uh, to the uh, need oh, to have wow. a progressive on there. And I bet there will be a lot of pressure on Governor Hochul to select that individual.
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting because I think that a lot of the far left, especially in the Working Families Party, is trying to say that they're the reason that she won, right? She won by just over five points in a state where there's only 22 percent Republican enrollment. Um, It was obviously a much closer race than anyone would have ever thought in a a state as blue as New York. And so the far left is trying to take credit for that win, and they're saying, we got you here, therefore you need to give us X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be interesting to see how she chooses to come out of the box. Does she kowtow to the far left? Does she sort of internalize the lessons of the election, which to me is very loud and clear? You need to tap back to the center and deal with law and order and deal with, the economics of the state and the fact that a lot of families are struggling because of inflation, gas prices, et cetera, or are you going to kowtow to the far left? And it'll be interesting to see. I think that the judicial choice will be interesting out of the box. It
0: will be a very interesting one thing. The Cuomo's Mario and Andrew both did. They revered uh, the court of appeals and made sure there were good judges on it. And uh, that is one thing I think you and I could agree on.
1: No, I think that's right. And we cared a lot when I was there. I know about making sure that there was balance, geographic, you know, racial balance, gender balance. And, you know, we put Garcia on the bench and obviously we we take a lot of heat for that now, but we thought it was important to have a Republican voice on, too, and more moderate voices.
0: And uh, furthermore, uh, just a great, a great judge. I mean, very thoughtful. He reveres the court. Just the kind of person who'd want on it, regardless of party.
1: No, absolutely. And I, and you know, I think that in in all of the hysteria in the last few years about how we treat the courts, when you're in power, I think that it's not your job to chase the far wings of your party. I think it's your job to sort of. Consolidate power, find the middle, find unifying principles, and try to bring everyone to the table. And I think that's a sign of a good leader. And I think that the courts are are a place where that should happen more than anywhere else.
2: Now it's uh, only about five weeks left for the whole uh, year. My God, it's uh, four weeks till Christmas and five weeks to the end of the year. Uh, What what do you see in good riddance to twenty twenty two?
1: I mean, good riddance to 2022. (laughs) I mean, you know, look, I I wish Governor Hochul all the best. We all should, because if she succeeds, that means that New York is doing well. And I think that we have a serious crime issue in the city. I think that there is a, you know, mental illness issue with homeless, uh, mentally ill homeless people on the street that needs to be dealt with. I think that a lot of families are struggling And, you know, here's hoping that going into 2023, we can all come together and put the politics behind us and find common ground to move forward that benefits everyone in the state. But, you know, we're also looking towards the presidential election, and everyone in that room knows that that means everyone gets a little bit more hyper-political. And so, you know, do we have six, eight months before that presidential season really kicks into high gear where people can try to you know, approach governing in a way that's good for the people and moves things forward, even if it's not hyper-political. And and I hope that that's the case.
2: Understood. Well, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we hope you enjoy your family today and, uh, and uh, have a lot of turkey. And uh, uh, God bless you, and uh, we'll be facing the month of December where we're ending the year.
1: Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Have a good evening. Happy
2: Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.